to the eighth podcast for Ordinary Saints. Um, we just debated as to whether it was eight, and I think it's eight, so let's go with eight. Uh, today we are going to be talking about what has been happening recently, and we've got a couple of very exciting things, don't we, Richard? Yeah, quite a lot has been happening uh, since we dropped the last podcast, so hopefully you listened to that and uh, enjoyed our trip to the beach, yep. uh, which is what the last episode was. I enjoy listening to that podcast, but I, I'm interested to hear what other people out there listening to it made of it because uh, <laughs> it's a it's it's easy to imagine when you're there and you're doing it. So uh, it was our litter audit. The flow of the podcast tells the story from you know the beginning to the middle to the end mm-hmm. in terms of what we were doing and, and had some descriptions and some members of our uh, Ordinary Saints community contributing. So uh, anyway, hope you enjoyed that episode, but lots has been going on since then. Yeah, so one of the first things we had since then has been the uh, art exhibition. So we talked about this a little bit in our previous podcast that it was coming up, but we did it. It happened. So it was at St. Matthew's in the city, and uh, it was a really, really wonderful night. Now, Richard couldn't be there because he was away, much to his regret. Mm, um, definitely much of a huge regret, actually. <laughs> it looked like such a great night. Yeah, but I think um, I was there, obviously. So Richard, I think, is going to interview me a bit about the night and we're going to hear a bit more about it. So Hillary joined us on an earlier podcast. And when she was on the podcast, she was actually calling for people to contribute to the art exhibition. Were there many contributions in the end there were in fact we had a few more after that so that's great I'm not sure if it was the podcast or anything else but we did we had a few more all up we had 20 pieces of art which we thought was fantastic Uh, and we had uh, a number of contributors so I can't remember the number off the top of my head but a fair amount and it was yeah we were really pleasantly surprised and we had a real mix of pieces as well so we had some oil on canvas we had some digital art Uh, We had um, printed art, like hand-printed. We had painting with um, gouache. Is that how you say it? Gouache paint? I don't know. Yeah, anyway. (laughs) I'm not sure what that is at all. (laughs) Um, And then we had some blackout poetry, uh, and we had some other uh, poetic pieces as well. So yeah, we had a really good range. Oh, that's so cool. So were there any particular pieces that really stood out? for you? There's so many actually, but the first one that just comes to my mind right away is one that was done by Emily Colgan and she actually did the blackout poetry. Now she took two uh, passages of scripture and had them framed and on one side everything was crossed out except for the words love the sinner and on the right hand side everything was crossed out except for hate the sin. Now, that was quite an evocative piece uh, because there was a really great blurb underneath that talked about the way in which that phrase, although it's used quite often in uh, ministry, um, you may have heard it, a lot of us probably have, is not found in scripture. And so her blurb was talking about how it's quite easy for us to manipulate biblical texts to say what we want them to say. Now, you might agree or disagree, but either way, it provokes some really good discussion and there were a lot of groups huddling around that piece of art. Yeah. Uh, but we had so many wonderful pieces that I could talk about. But that's one that really stuck out to me. Yeah, that really strikes me as well. Because I know 
an, another phrase that I'm really familiar with, which is uh, forgive and forget. Mm. And I, I can remember actually someone telling me, oh, yeah, that, that, that's from the Bible. And I was like, <laughs> really? Um, and because I didn't know the Bible so well in those days, I sort of took that at face value, right? And But it isn't. It's not there. Yeah. You have to work hard to find those words. That There is a lot written about forgiveness, but that phrase, forgive and forget, doesn't turn up. So... Yeah, I can see how that would have been really thought-provoking. Yeah, I think we do. We get we hear all of these things, eh? And we think, yeah, surely that's biblical. Surely that's in the Bible. But often, yeah, it's, it's definitely not. So it was good. It provoked a lot of discussion. And another one I thought was actually quite clever. I mean, they all were in their own way. But uh, Kit uh, produced a, a digital offering. And it was called Lucky Lectionary Lotto. That is a tongue twister, by the way. Mm. Lucky Lectionary Lotto. Now, we haven't talked much about the lectionary. But there are set readings, right, that we read as a church um, throughout the year. And he was talking about how on any one Sunday or any weekday, whatever, we've sort of got these readings that are set out for us. And sometimes they can be really difficult or they can be quite an odd combo. And so he was talking about the piece of art was meant to portray the fact that it's, it's a bit of a lucky dip. You don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. And sometimes you have to spin on your heel and sort of come up with something to preach on or whatever that requires you to really delve into those texts because you can't just ad lib them, you yeah. know, especially if they're more obscure texts. So it was quite cool. He depicted it as, as like a, a slot machine, you know, so oh, you've got right. these different yeah. uh, things that you pull the handle and it comes up with like bing, 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 like different. Yeah. <laughs> so he's talking about just the challenge, I guess, of, of doing that week to week or day to day in worship services. So I thought that was really profound. Oh, that's really clever because that's certainly one of the things ab- about this thing that we have called the lectionary is that the people who did create it definitely had agendas and thoughts and ideas and minds as to why they constructed the readings the way they have by saying we'll have this reading from an old testament this reading from an epistle this psalm and this gospel we'll put them all together and they might have an idea of how they're tied together but sometimes it's really clear sometimes not so much pretty obscure sometimes yeah Um, Yeah. so unless you can yeah read people's minds you may not gain what was or, or you know you might not find what was the intention behind them anyway how many people came along yeah, so we had a running tally going, and it sort of was about 70 people, I think, that came along in the end. Uh, but I have to tell you, I'm not quite sure how accurate that was, because it felt packed at one point. Yeah. Uh, and it was a real mix of ages as well. We had children coming, mine included, but there were others too. Um, and we had, yeah, the full sort of range of generations coming along and engaging. And that was what I think was most heartwarming for me, was to see the way in which particularly the older generations were wanting to hear and see the perspectives of young people and their experience of the church. I, I, I was really touched by that. There was a genuine inquiry going on, you know, and discussion around the different pieces of art and wanting to talk about it further. You know, I was approached by a good number of people wanting to talk more about, oh, well, what does this say about you know, how young people are experiencing the church and what does this mean and tell me a bit more. And, you know, obviously I couldn't speak for the artists themselves, but it really, for me, helped just me to see, wow, there's some real willingness to learn about what this experience is because the way young people experience the church is quite different to the older generations and we need to be paying attention to that. Yeah, certainly with the social media posts that I saw of the event, 
I was really excited to see little groups of quite eclectic groups sort of clumped around, obviously talking about the piece of art that they were engaging with, which I think was really exciting. It was really fun to, as I say, even though I wasn't there, it was really nice to see that that was happening because that was certainly one of the hopes for the event, right? Absolutely. My dad was there and he's in one of those photos and uh, he's wearing his beret. (laughs) (laughs) And I just thought it was so great. I was like, here you are looking like a well-travelled art exhibit peruser or whatever uh and i just thought this is great this is so cool to have this this vibe and the all these different kinds of people coming along so yeah it's an awesome time oh such a great event has there been any thought to maybe doing something like this again yes so we had a lot of feedback and people saying oh this could happen annually uh and i think it's a great idea the same thing happened after our creative retreat actually So I think we're on to something here that seems to be a theme around art and how it can be used to express faith and start up conversations of faith, but also build a bit of community as well. So we've got lots of discussions ahead in Ordinary Saints as to how we can start to harness this a bit more and have it ongoing. Yeah, I thought it was really fantastic how uh, different people of different abilities, you know, some people who are quite accomplished artists, some people who are maybe earlier on in their artistic journey, we're all able to contribute and share something of what they have created in this space and have it be so warmly received. Absolutely. I think it really draws attention to that reality that art doesn't have to be at that quote-unquote professional standard to be a great catalyst for conversation and also a great opportunity for people to try and express their own experience. And so I think from that, naturally, the, co- the conversations were, were cultivated and it was a really rewarding process to see that happen. Yeah, I can't help but think, you know, one of the touchstones of this community <laughs> is creativity. And this has been a really successful kind of outworking of that, that this, mm. there's been a space for people to be creative and to share that creativity. And hopefully it spurs on some more. Absolutely. That's a little bit about the art exhibition and Richard was away for that and then I was away for our night prayer because I was, you know, up north having a bit of a holiday with my family. So this is where we turn the tables and I start to ask Richard about (laughs) how night prayer went. We uh, do night prayer uh, regularly and this time we met at uh, St. Luke's Mount Albert, which is a beautiful church. And so Richard, tell me a little bit about night prayer. Well, the sort of pattern we have around these gatherings is that there's some, you know, hot drinks, hospitality, some sort of hanging out and chatting and so on, and then a bit of a discussion. And we've had different kinds of discussions before. We've had one where we uh, listened to someone else's podcast and then chatted about it. We've, we've talked about that in past episodes. But last week, Emily Colgan, again, she's appearing a lot in this podcast. She is. She uh, led a discussion where she had a number of different pictures of Jesus. Uh, from different cultures, different places, uh, different emphases. And Jesus, most importantly, is depicted very, very differently in all of these images. And Emily sort of put them out for for all the people in the group to spend some time uh, looking at and thinking about and then ultimately taking one of those images and and talking about why that particular image resonated for them and what it might be saying to them and, and to share some of that stuff in discussion. So it was a really different approach to a discussion and I'm not going to share anything that was really spoken about because you know there's a certain confidentiality in terms of what is shared in the room stays in the room. Confidentiality code yeah. Yeah well also just other people's ideas are their ideas they're not my ideas right so Mm. I'm not going to share what other people said but uh, I was there for the final part of that discussion and was really moot about how 
affecting it was for people and people brought out really amazing uh, points of connection with how they thought about these images and what it said for them and it was also a way of sharing really easily some of their own spiritual journey. So yeah, a, a really beautiful time spent together with a group of people with some fellowship and uh, ending with night prayer as, as we do. Lovely. And I, in a way, it's quite a nice follow-on from the art exhibition, isn't it? It's sort of continuing to use art as a means to reflect and see, okay, how does this, what are the implications of this piece of art for my experience of God, for my experience of faith, and how do I connect with that? It's incredible how art can unlock those discussions really well. Yeah, which is probably why it's such a big part of the Christian tradition, right? Indeed. And it's great that you say that, Richard, because I think our next podcast is going to kind of start on that topic. So hang around for that. Our next one, we're going to be talking about smells and sights and hearing and taste and touch, basically the multi-sensory experience of worship. So I hope you can tune in for that. 